Beauty for ashes. 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 Beauty for Right. 
And so we find out through the word that in order to um, even get to the father, even get to God is through Jesus. And that just that seems pretty simple, right? Okay, if I want to get to God, I go through Jesus. You know, I go through the salvation, etc. But if you look at the world and trying to achieve uh, some type of purpose and trying to achieve some kind of um, communication with the gods, little G's, and the universe, there's all these extra steps and all this extra stuff that they have to do rituals, all this stuff when it's just, look, I can just, God is here, God is near, I can speak to him. He will hear me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. I don't have to sit here and conjure up something. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times the world complicates things because one of the enemy's tactics is confusion, right? So some of the more simplistic things, some of the things that are just made very plain in the word, the enemy's job is to take those things and that that simplicity and throw a bunch of lies in it, and throw a bunch of deception in it, and just cause confusion. And that's why we see so many things twisted in our world right now, because of his very plans and plots and tactics to confuse people. Um, So with love, we see this concept woven in our culture through our movies, you know, in magazines, you have the advice columns. I used to read those when I was younger, and they would talk all about love and what you should do when you love somebody, how to know when somebody loves you, how to know when that guy is into you, you know, but everything is centered around a feeling, right? Or around a sense of pleasure or around the butterflies. I feel the butterflies. So this is, this is it. I love them. And then a lot of times what happens is the world tells us that if you love somebody, you start having these feelings for someone then now it needs to go to this next part. Okay, so let's begin to get physical, right? Let's begin to show our love, okay? And that's, if that ain't a lie of the enemy, to show love, I need to have sex with you? Nah, nah, that's not how this work. You know, now, obviously when you're married and everything like that, you know, we're not gonna get all into that today, but just to kind of show you and kind of put on blast some of the the language and the verbiage that we hear. You know, the enemy doesn't want us to know what love truly is, what love really stands for, what love really consists of. Because if we really love like we're supposed to love, you know, a lot of the things that are going on in this world, I believe, wouldn't really be here. Let's go back to Black Lives Matter, right? If the person, and this is all, you know, we have to keep in context that obviously this world is sinful and we're all sinful by nature. But let's think about if the cop saw a black person, you know, as a person, as someone who was created in God's image, right? And then it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to love him because he's like my neighbor. Even though he's speeding right now, let me still show love and I'll show correction through that. And then I'm going to go about my way. Or... Maybe somebody does commit a crime. Somebody does commit a murder. Somebody does take someone's life, in someone's innocent life. And then instead of us letting our anger overtake us, we go to them in love. I think that would be such a mind-blowing thing, a mind-blowing shift, because we haven't seen that happen. And when we do see it happen, like I talked about before, about that family who um, a, a cop killed their, I believe it was their child. And they were coming to them in love and forgiveness. And nobody, like, I won't say nobody, but 
a lot of people could not wrap their minds around that. But see, folks, that that's love. That's love right there. <laughs> you know, as as crazy as it seems, because they may have been feeling hurt. They may have been feeling pain. They may have been feeling anger, right? Because, yo, you took our son or our daughter, because I don't remember if it was their son or their daughter. But you may make me feel this way, but I am still going to love you. I am still going to show you forgiveness. That is powerful. That is what love is. So let me ask this. If love was based just on a feeling, like what the world tells us, would Jesus have died for us? You know, surely he couldn't have been feeling too good about all that treatment he was getting. And then we read about what was done to him. And it's like, okay, I'm sure (laughs) what Jesus was doing was not based on his feeling. You know what I'm saying? But he loved us. He loved us so much that he was obedient to the will of his father to die for our sins, right? That, (laughs) That right there, if anything, is a great example of how love can't be based on a feeling. It can't be just based on a feeling, right? Because look at what Jesus did. It's for sure, if it was me, oh, it, look, nah, forget y'all, okay? I'm not doing, I ain't doing all this suffering. Nah. So one of the ways that love is confused is by lust, right? Um, You know, how many of us have actually confused lust with love? I know me personally, I have, right? I've lusted after someone. And I got so caught up. I was so just, uh, I, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say obsessed, but not like I wasn't out here, you know, doing nothing crazy. But you know what I'm saying? Like I was obsessing over this person and what I saw, right? And it was based off of what I saw. Normally lust is based off of what you see. You haven't even dug deep yet. And then it's like, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm just so in lust with this person that we begin, our brain, could, we're like, do I love them? You know, like, and we're in this relationship and, and now we're incorporating sex. I I think I love them. And, and how, how Sway, when it started off with just attraction and that's it, right? A lot of us experience lust versus love when we jump the gun in our relationships. Instead of abstaining from sex until marriage, we have let our lust and that feeling that we had to cloud our perception of the person. That's why we see situationships, right? That's why we see baby mama, baby daddy drama, things of that nature, because we acted off of our feelings. We acted out of our feelings, okay? We went ahead of the timeline that God had intended for us based on what we felt in that moment, right? Now those three words come up out of our mouths and... (laughs) We're in over our heads, right? You know, if I could give a good example for me, um, because, you know, a lot of times, let's be real, when we see someone and and it's like, oh, you know what? I'm attracted to that person. They look good, right? Let's be real. And so that's like the probably the first point of attraction a lot of times. And then you begin to kind of talk to them, see how they are. This is the place where we have to be careful because this is the place where God will start showing you red flags. But if we're not careful, we'll be too blinded by the lust that we have for this person. Like, oh, but they look so good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, but they did this. And I mean, they may have said that. Lust is defined as a very strong desire. Okay. In most contextual cases, a sexual desire. 
Uh, we like what we saw. We took that opportunity. And now, boom, we're in love. <laughs> um, but once that lust wears off, we are left with the decision we made. And a lot of times after that lust wears off, we're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't actually love this person. I don't actually like this person. I actually don't want to be with this person. And what have I gotten myself into? You know, I was acting off out of my emotions. I let my lust cloud my decision making. And then I let my lust drive me to sex. And now I'm further clouded. And then sometimes a lot of us can't even let go. We're in situations for so long because we jumped the gun. You know, many of the red flags that are presented to us, we can't see them because we already clouded our vision and lust was the driver. Some of us are still in these broken relationships just because they tell us that they love us every time we're about to leave. I know I'm not the only person who has experienced that, where you're like, okay, this time I'm going to do it. Yes, I'm going to break it off. It's time to go. I'm going to pack my bags, uh, literally and figuratively. You know, it's time to go, right? And then they say, you know, babe, I love you. I love you so much. And if we're not careful, if we're experiencing um, the spirit of rejection or abandonment, then that love right there that I love you, it will keep you about a, another year, right? <laughs> we have to love ourselves more when it comes to that and know that God loves us more and that mistreatment has never been in his plans for you going so far out of what you know is right, you know, because a lot of us stay in situations even though we know it's not right. That's not God's plan for you. You know, he wants you to have better. He wants you to have the best and his best is the best for you, right? Um, Jeremiah 29 11, we talked about this before, but it talks about how God has a plan for your future. It's a plan for hope. It's a plan for good and not evil, not for you to be stuck in some relationship um, based on if they tell you they love you, you know, move on, move on, keep it pushing. We confuse lust with love because of our misconception of what love truly is. You know, as we dive in a little deeper today, it'll be made more clear to you so that you don't have to be fooled anymore. Once I realized in past relationships, what really had me there was the cloud of lust, you know, it, it because that's where it started. And then I moved too fast. I went right into, you know, having relations with the person. And at that point, you know, there's a soul tie that has happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm all in, right? And then don't let them tell me they love me. <laughs> and based, even based off of just the sex, sometimes we think we love someone. And it's only because we had sex with them. Now we're, we're in love, right? And so it's just very, you have to be very careful with these things. We have to be very careful with our bodies, with our temples, with our spirits, like outside of our bodies, like we, our bodies are like a shell, if you will. We are spirit men inside. It's our spirit. That's why I, I try to urge us to be careful about what we involve ourselves in because everything um, has a spiritual um, attachment component to it. And so we have to be mindful of that even when it comes down to love so that as we learn what love truly is. We will be more strategic. We will be more careful about how we go forth, <laughs> how we communicate, how we enter into relationships. You know, the Bible instructs us that we should look at each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, right? 
And if you have lust in your eyes for someone, you've already committed adultery within your heart. So the Bible even tells us not to really view each other in this way. Now, obviously, it's natural for us to be like, oh, they're handsome. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, I'm attracted to that person, right? But, and then just by default, as a believer, you're supposed to love one another. But with that being said, it all sounds pretty platonic, pretty inclusive, right? And then if you have an attraction for someone, you don't want lust to one be the driver. If anything, you know, if you want to get to know this person, get to know them, but make sure that you're checking in with God about it. You know, like, Lord, look, okay, that man right there, he fine, okay. And I know he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I know I'm a good thing, but is he a good thing for me? Am I a good thing for him? <laughs> you know, these are the things that matter before you just begin to get caught up, right? So speaking of getting caught up, all right, we're going to talk about falling in love. That is another part of love that just does not sit right in my spirit okay <laughs> the world tells us all the time like I'm falling in love I fell in love fall in love you know um even in the sense of there's a song it's falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever I ever done. <laughs> I know I I like played around with the singing on here in a while. But even that song, I mean it's a nice song and I get the sentiment, but you know, my dad low key blew my mind. When I was younger, I didn't really understand it back then. But as I got older, I, I understood. He said, you know, you can't just fall in love, Shana. Like, falling in love implies that you could fall out of love. And if you think about it, uh, we're all called to love, right? And so for me to be like, oh, I fell in love with him, you know, I should have already been loving him from the aspect of, okay, love everybody, right? But when we say we could fall in love, it's almost as if we're saying, yeah, I could fall out. And we even hear people say, yeah, I fell out of love with them. Oh, but what, what happens is that, okay, falling in love is directly linked to the fact that the world believes that love is a feeling because I can fall into this feeling and then when the feeling is gone, now I'm out of it, right? But that's not how love works. That's not how love operates. Can you imagine if God just fell out of love with us? <laughs> we wouldn't be here if you are wondering. Many of us are so driven by the feelings that someone gives us. And because of that feeling, we've attached love to it. Then when they switch up or they do something to disappoint us, you know, when they're human, right? Then all of a sudden that's gone, right? The the love is gone. The feeling is gone. Um, and I, I mean this in a context of you know, obviously something that's not like abusive or anything like that. Um, I had wrote a poem about it in college, actually. And I titled it How Not to Fall in Love. And so I'm not about to read the whole poem. It wasn't very long, but the poem isn't that good. <laughs> it is not that good. That was in my earlier days of writing. Um, and I had limited knowledge back then. But there's just three little lines I want to share 
The world says to fall, but don't. Choose to love. Grow in love. Okay. Um, I, what if the song was growing in love with Jesus? Growing in love with Jesus. Because now I am saying I'm going to continue to grow in love. It's, it's something that continues to build versus something I just, I fell in. No, if I'm growing in something, I am choosing to do that, right? Love is not about just, it's not about falling. Love is not about falling, but it's about growing, standing firm in the love that you pledge to someone else in vows, like if we're talking about marriage, or the love that you pledge when you made the choice to follow Christ. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So right there, it just lets us know that we are to love God with all of our hearts, and then we're supposed to also love our neighbors. How can you love your neighbor as yourself if you're just falling in love, right? If love is just a feeling, right? If love is just a feeling, then that would imply that I don't love myself some days. And that's just a lie of the enemy. I should be choosing to love who I am each and every day, right? Because God created me because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, all of these things. So since we know now that, look, love as the world sees it is just a feeling. But a lot of times that feeling is connected to lust. And in addition to that, the world tells us to just fall into love, just fall into it, you know, fall into that feeling. And guess what? You can fall out of it too. You can fall out of it too. If it's not working for you, it's fine. Go ahead. Keep it pushing. That's not what the word tells us. That's not what the Bible tells us to do. So what is love, right? Don't get me wrong. Love does deal in our emotions, right? There is some emotional attachment to it, right? But it should be more largely understood as an action okay see the difference here the world is like feel love the bible is like act in love feel love act in love you should be able to see love okay you should be able to act in love even when you don't feel like it that's the key right there even when someone has wronged you you know i think about my parents, and they, to me, have been a great example of marriage. And even when they didn't always feel a certain way, I still witnessed them show one another love, show one another respect. You know what I'm saying? That is what love is about. I think a lot of marriages don't last. Well, one, because they're not based on the right foundation. But two, people get within the marriage and then um, they don't have that same exact fuzzy feeling that they had on their wedding day, um, you know, three years in, and now things seem to be difficult or challenging, and now they're out the door. And it's like, well, you know, I didn't know that <laughs> our, our marriage was based on specific conditions, you know. I mean, I know that we said for better or for worse, but now that you're feeling the worst, you don't want to still love me through it. And that's just like, that's that's not how... Um, God intended for us to operate in when we operate in love um, and be that in a marriage or even in a friendship. You know, I have been, 
I have been experiencing a lot of stretching when it comes to relationships because um, with working with different people, you know, we always, and this is, look, this is like every day, y'all. Every day we come into contact with different personalities, different people with different walks of life, people who are going through different trials and challenges. And we need to remember to just operate and treat every person in love. Let's say that somebody just cussed you out. You were working at the register and they cussed you out. I know the first thing a lot of us would want to do is cuss them back out, (laughs) you know, or do something for an eye for an eye. But we are called to love. Um, I had a slip up, let me tell you. My flesh came on through. I also wasn't really operating in the way I should have been because I wasn't where I am right now with God in my relationship. But y'all, I had a neighbor. (laughs) I had a neighbor that I'm not sure exactly what was going on. But let's just say that she was very, very, very rude. And it got to the point where I would come home and I would be minding my business, going up to my apartment. This is my last place, not where I am currently. And she would mug me. And this is like an older woman. She would mean mug me. She'll begin to cuss me out. All of this. And I'm just like, what in the world? And one day I got really upset. And I ain't even going to lie to y'all because I'm going to be transparent. I definitely flipped her off. But in that moment, I was just sick of it because, like, I'm not the type to really be like, oh, I'm about to cuss you out. So that was, like, the only thing I could think to do in my defense. But that is not how I should have operated. I should have continued to show her love. But I had just got so fed up and I was going based off of my feelings in that moment. And when you are showing love to your neighbor, and in this case, it was literal, I was supposed to be showing love to her in that sense. And, you know, if I could go back, I would have operated differently. But, hey, here we are. It happened. I learned from it. Um, But now I find myself checking myself often on how I love, not taking offense to things. Or if someone's having a bad day, to not hold it against them. And just choose to still show them love, to still respond in love. So I get you're not having a good day, but I'm still going to respond to you uh, respectfully and with love. And we have to begin to um, really look at it that way. Remember what I said in the beginning of this episode? Imagine a world where we really operated in love, in real love and what love is. You know, someone step on your foot and and I'm not saying be a pushover, walked over, still have boundaries, of course, but. You know, this somebody stepping on your foot doesn't turn into, you know, somebody sh- coming back and shooting up the store because you step on their foot. You know what I'm saying? There's so many extremes that happen from little things. And if we would have just came to that situation and love took a moment to step outside of our feelings, I think that a lot of things would be avoided. So let's take a look at the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, to see what the word says that love is. So I believe a lot of us may be listening to this and we may be familiar because we see this scripture a lot like on placards and posters and all throughout social media about what love is. And so um, we're going to read through. Love is patient. 
Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So we're just going to break this down a little bit. Love is patient. So I went and got a definition of patient. And so we're going to read it with a definition just to give us a, a bigger picture of what love is. So love is patient means love is able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Whew, that's what love is? Wow, okay. Love is kind, meaning love is having or showing a friendly, generous, and considerate nature. We When we are showing a friendly or generous or considerate nature, we are showing love. When we're considering others, that's love. Love does not envy. What does envy mean? So love doesn't. Love doesn't display a feeling of discontentment or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. When you're envious of someone, you aren't operating in love. Love does not boast. It is not proud. So love does not talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, or abilities, okay? The Bible tells us all throughout about the the danger of being prideful in the wrong things and in the wrong way. So we must be careful not to boast. Love does not dishonor others. So love isn't a state of shame or disgrace or failure to observe or respect. If we're truly operating in love, we wouldn't bring shame to one another, right? We wouldn't show disrespect. I think a good example just of dishonoring is when you're um, in a marriage, right? Dishonoring your partner would be, you know, cheating on them. And when you cheat on somebody, (laughs) that brings disgrace, that brings shame, you know? And obviously there's no respect. There's a failure to respect your partner. That's what love isn't, okay? (laughs) Love is not self-seeking. So love does not um, concern for one's own welfare and interests before those of others. Love is not self-serving. So basically, y'all, love is not selfishness. Love is putting others before you. Where is selfishness placed in love, okay? So again, there's balance. It's not us saying, oh my gosh, I'm never considering myself in a situation, no, Um, but it's having that balance and just realizing that being selfless is a form of love. Love is not easily angered, so love is not a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility, okay? Love is not getting easily upset. I can't tell you how many times I had to check myself at my last job. Because your girl was getting easily angered (laughs) as the time dwindled down. Like, I didn't even really recognize myself because I'm like, yo, why am I getting irritated so easily by every little thing? And I was not operating in love in those moments because, you know, I would really get irritated, be it with a coworker, my manager, or with somebody calling, (laughs) somebody calling in to get information or someone that I was like touring, you know, I found myself sometimes being a little short tempered and 
that. That's not operating in love. I was going based off of my feelings. Uh, I was going based off of maybe how someone talked to me first. Instead of returning to them in love, love does not keep record of wrongs, okay? And so for this one, I wanted to look into records and what the definition was. And to record, it was to set down in writing or the like as for the purpose of preserving evidence. So when you are operating in love, you are not keeping record of the person's wrong so that you have evidence to bring back up against them later, okay? You are not holding on to things so that you can uh, place guilt on someone later down the road, okay? <laughs> we see this as an example on how God forgives us. Love forgives and doesn't hold grudges or keep an account to later bring it and use it against the other person. In fact, God tells us he forgets our sins when he has forgiven us, all right? Hebrews 8 and 12 says, um, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So if God can do that for us, why can't we do the same for other people, <laughs> you know? And I know it's tough. Forgiveness is definitely, it can definitely be tough um, as humans <laughs> to forgive, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, I think that we can definitely achieve this level of love, this level of love, and operate in this level of love. Um, I think about how, you know, I was, how, you know, evidence is normally used to show that someone is guilty, right? To prove that they're guilty. And I think about God and how there's a song called No Bondage, and, and a part of it, they say, no guilt, no shame, all my stains erased, right? And so just thinking about people, I don't want to be the person that is keeping a list, a laundry list of what you've done so later I can place blame and place guilt on you. That is not operating in love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So here I really was drawn to Look at love as correction, right? We can't operate in love as believers and support evil, support lies, support wrong, you know, support a lot of these ideologies and theories of this word that clearly go against God's truth. Love delights in the truth, and that is why we find correction in love. You know, God loves us so much that he corrects us, you know, <laughs> and it wouldn't be love if he didn't. Look at how a parent corrects their child. They're doing it because they love them, right? They want what's best for them. They know what's best for them because maybe the, you know, the parent has been through this before and they don't want their child to go through it. So the same thing with God. He knows all, sees all. And oftentimes when God corrects us, well, really, I would even say every time <laughs> when we receive that correction and love, we realize that, okay, this is a teaching moment, right? So love does not delight in evil. It rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. You know, peep that. <laughs> they said always for each of those things. So I think that's something for us to really pay attention to. Anything opposing these things is not an operation of love. If you feel unsafe, Right. And they're like, but I, and they're telling you, I love you, but you feel unsafe. Don't believe it. Don't believe the latter. OK, <laughs> they don't love you. They don't truly love you. Right. Um, What love really means. And 
you know, even with marriage, I think about in my marriage, if it doesn't protect, if it doesn't trust, if there's no hope or perseverance, then what are we really doing? Why are we even here? Okay. <laughs> you know, I was actually told by a very, very smart woman. Her name is Sierra Holt. And she was teaching on Proverbs 31 women. And she talked about how when you are looking for, um, well, not looking, but, you know, if someone is in your life, someone has come, came into your life and maybe you're dating them or you're interested in them and um, you're just wondering, okay, is this person sent by God? You know, is this person really for me? Do they actually align with the word? Is this a kingdom man? Is this a kingdom woman? And she gave the example that you should take their name and place it in the scripture that we just went through. Also, of course, look at their fruit. Like, okay, if you're wondering, are they about God? And then you see something that's totally contradicting, then pay attention because that's their fruit, right? I really think that this scripture not only is a good check to just see like, okay, is the person I'm dating even like, do they even fit in this? Like, do they really love, like, love, like the real love, <laughs> you know? Um, but I thought, you know, Holy Spirit dropped it on me and going through this outline that, look, can we say the following scripture about ourselves? If I put my name in every part of this scripture, am I exhibiting love? Shana is patient. Shana is kind. Shana does not envy. Shana does not boast. Shana is not proud. Shana does not dishonor others. Shana is not self-seeking. Shana is not easily angered. Shana keeps no record of wrongs. Shana does not delight in evil, but she rejoices with the truth. Shana always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I really want to encourage anybody that listens to this to go through the scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 through 7 and put your name in those places. And I really want to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you in that moment if any parts of that that you aren't aligned with. Because if we want to um, receive this love and, and see this love show up in our relationships, be it friendships with strangers, you know, romantic, then we have to make sure that we display this love. This is what love is. This is how love shows up. This is a sign of someone who embodies real love. This is what we should be showing in our everyday lives okay within all of our relationships be it romantic familial friends and strangers you know real love is what we're searching for okay words to mary j blige real love i'm searching for a real love someone to set my heart free real love i'm searching for I'm just in the singing mood, apparently, today. But <laughs> real love. If you even hear those words, I'm searching for a real love. Someone to set my heart free. Look, ain't nobody going to set your heart free that's on this earth <laughs> right now. Let me tell you. The thing is, we all have this search. There is a want for us to know and find some truth, right? To find true love. And sure, the Bible does tell us what love is, but... If we don't see it around us or if we don't see it in ourselves, where can we find the example of this real love? Well, first, God is love. You know, how powerful is that when we really think about it? All that love is, is God. That, that, look, that right there is dope. 
there is not a thing that we just listed in first Corinthians that God is not. The Bible says in first John four and eight, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So literally we must know God to know love. How, how beautiful. Look, y'all, I'll be really sitting here like, wow, (laughs) real love, true love. If we don't know God, how can we truly operate in love? God loved the world so much. This is my, this is my, you know, this is my version. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. And through his death on the cross, we are able to be saved and have eternal life and not die, right? Those who choose him, those who believe on him, there is no greater love, <laughs> all right? And that's in John three sixteen for those who are wondering. And Jesus is the reason we even have access to that relationship with God, okay? The Bible says that Jesus answered them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's John 14 and 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I know we said that a few times. Well, we said it all throughout the episodes in this first season because it's, it's real, right? Um, Jesus is a great example of love. His sacrifice, like I said earlier, had to be fueled by love because had it been about his emotions, do we really think Jesus would have did it? Hmm. <laughs> you know, I sit in awe of Jesus' love for us. He sacrificed his life, bro, because of our sin, something we did. He was innocent. He ain't do nothing, okay? (laughs) But he obeyed his father. He did God's will. He sacrificed his life for the sake of our own. And I can't begin to even express my gratitude for that, right? My gratitude for... Such an expression of love, y'all. That is what love is. It's action. Love is sacrifice. Like, wow. And the beautiful thing is that God's love is unconditional. God loves us despite our mistakes, despite our nature to sin from the womb. Okay? God does not need us. He doesn't have to love us, but he does. He wants us. He chose us. That's real love. And there is nothing that could ever compare to the relationship that you can have with God, right? When you want to know love, true love, real love, it can only come through that relationship with God. That's where you will witness it. That's where you will see for yourself, right? And, you know, if I just talk a little bit about my relationship with God, um, I've kind of talked about it over the time, but I grew up in the church. I grew up, you know, reading the word when I had to, (laughs) when my dad was making us. And, you know, I grew up, I even went to a private Christian school for at least the first part of, uh, let's see, kindergarten through fifth grade, actually. And, you know, I, I knew at that time, I was like, I knew that God was real. I don't know if he was real to me in the way he's real to me now, 
probably not because I was a kid, but I knew that God was real, right? I remember one time uh, being in my room because we could only listen to gospel music when I was growing up. So I really didn't get hip to no secular music till I was like in probably sixth grade. I would say sixth or seventh grade. But um, I remember being in my room and I was in my bed and I think I was listening to C.C. Winans' Alabaster Box. And I didn't know what that song meant until recent years, which <laughs> I talked about that in another episode too. But, you know, like I was listening to the song, singing my little heart out. And I just remember this fondly telling my dad that I had just held Jesus's hand. And my dad was like, really? Oh, really? You know, okay. You know, he didn't like play me or nothing. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And I was just so excited. And it, it was just a beautiful thing. And so that just, that shows me that even back then, I knew that God was real. But obviously, as you get older and you grow and you experience things and you go through things, you know, it, I believe that it kind of transforms into a different relationship. Because now I went from, you know, just being a part of church and listening to gospel and, you know, reading the word listening to the word I went from doing that because my parents were telling me to or telling me that it was right or telling me that it's what I needed to do to now having a thirst for it really wanting that wanting that relationship with God I know I was not well I was not well before God I I seemed I appeared to be okay but inside I was not okay and a lot of the reason why I wasn't before God like I should have been is because I was too worried about people pleasing. I was too uh, in lust. Nah. I I loved this guy a whole lot, a whole lot, right? And when I say love, I don't mean that I was like in lust. It may have started off at the, as that, but I got to the point where I was like, okay, I know love is patient, love is kind. So I was trying to exhibit all of those things, um, but just. in the wrong context okay (laughs) but um I I was still missing something right and I kept choosing these other things these other people over God and I always wound up empty I always wound up empty Um, but there was always a a uh, pull on my heart you know it was almost like God wouldn't let me go and that that still gets me emotional to this day (laughs) because I'm like, wow, God, like even in the midst of what I was doing, I'm trying not to get emotional, y'all, like I'm not even playing. (laughs) But even in the midst of it all, there was still, there was still such a tug, such a pull on my heart. And I just knew that I could not live my life running from God like I knew at some point something was going to have to shift I didn't know when it would shift I didn't know when I would be um you know free if you will but I knew it had to happen one day like that I had to had to that I had to make the choice and ever since I gave God my yes and I'm, I'm really trying to just for anyone that listens to this episode I want you to know and hear my heart Ever since I told God yes and told everything else no, my life has completely changed. Completely. And nothing can compare 
to the love that I experience in my relationship with God. Nothing can compare to it. I have so much life. I have so much purpose. Right? I don't feel like I'm aimlessly living. I know that every day I wake up is for a purpose and that I'm doing something each day to get towards it. When I don't feel the best about myself, God reminds me of just how beautiful and wonderful I am. I can't make this up. I can't make this up at all. You know, and recently I have been reading about, uh, the elect and atonement and just salvation in a whole and um I would definitely recommend anyone to kind of dive into that because I learned so much more and um just looking at salvation and how how it works it 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 just it blows my mind <laughs> I'm just I'm just so forever grateful and thankful for God seeing fit, you know, for allowing me to be saved. Let me tell y'all, there is nothing that you can do to bring upon your salvation. It's nothing that I can boast about. It's nothing that I can say, oh, I did that. Yeah, that was all me. Yeah, I ch- yeah, I made a decision, but guess what? It was because of God's grace. It was because of God's grace. That's the only reason why the only reason why I can stand here before you, the only reason why I can be here before you today and say, yes, I'm saved. Yes, God is the head of my life. Yes, God is the head of my life. Yes, Jesus died for my sins and I believe it in full because of God's grace. Because we, let's be real, y'all, we all innately sin and then thankfully God... <laughs> Allow for the Holy Spirit to be here to help us in that each and every day. I'm just sometimes overwhelmed in a good way. (laughs) Just about the truth of God, the word of God, the love of God, the sovereignty of God. And my my biggest prayer and and hope that you get from this is that God loves you. And it's with a love that you cannot find on this earth. (laughs) Okay? When we begin to understand God's love for us, I believe that we can then love others a little easier, right? You know, if somebody lies to me, I can still find a way to forgive and to love them because when I was out here lying, God still loved me. So why can't I do it for other people? 1 John 4 19 says, we love because he first loved us. We are reminded of God's love daily and because of that I can extend it to other people I can only love because I know the love that God has shown me it's so important it's so important that we know what love actually is that way we can identify what it's not all right love is not lust love is not simply a feeling love is not something that you should just fall in and fall out of no, love, love is a lifestyle. Love is a fruit of the spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, like I said, is what helps us and guides us, convicts us, directs us in love. If you were listening today and you really are like, yo, I want to experience that real love. 
I want to be able to love others. I'm tired of being fooled by what the world tells me love should look like. And I want to experience as well as um, give the love that the Bible talks about. If you confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Anybody that believes on Jesus will never be put to shame. And that's Romans 10 and 11. So if you make that decision today, you know, if, if, if like me, there's always been like a tug on your heart, on your spirit, that you don't belong to this world, that you were made for better, that you were made for greatness, that you have a higher purpose and calling on your life. If you were in that position, if you feel that, if you feel that tugging on you right now, believe, confess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart. I promise you will not regret it. If you've given your life to God in the past, recommit your life to God, repent, turn away from those things, because you and me both know there's nothing that comes from that other life, nothing but emptiness, sorrow, pain, loss of identity, no purpose, and I don't want that for y'all. Love yourself enough to choose God's love. I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. We're only a few episodes from the end of season one, so... I really hope that these last few hit home for you in a way that the others may have not or vice versa. Maybe you go back and listen to them from the beginning and you hear something or you learn something differently. I would just say to share this to whoever you know, um, any of the episodes that really touched you, go ahead and share it. I love to hear how the episodes made you feel. So you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can hit me up. Personally, my Instagram is Shayna Salome, S-H-A-I-N-A-S-A-L-O-M-E. You can also submit any reviews, questions to the Beauty for Ashes podcast Instagram, and you just search Beauty for Ashes podcast, and that will come up for you. We do have a link if you chose to give your life today or rededicate your life. Go ahead and click that link so you can join a community of like-minded believers so that you have people around you who are also going in the same direction it's very important to have that community i really appreciate y'all listening and until next time peace